When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy Thursday. Welcome, Lori and Julia. Show here on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Thank you for joining us. Let's mention uh, very quickly here that we started this yesterday. It's My Talk Saves Your Beer for Valentine's Day, giving you, the listener, uh, some reservations at some very nice restaurants for Valentine's Day. Meritage, the Grand Cafe, Birch Steak, the Lexington. What do we want from you? 200 words or less. We want your story about how your Valentine's plans got screwed up. You go to the website and use the keyword Valentine, and then our secret panel of judges will select four winners that we will announce uh, next week. And there is, uh, Julie, how much do they get to spend? Well, we're buying you dinner. Okay. We're buying you a reasonable, lovely dinner. Okay. Yeah, so it's yeah. great. We're not just making reservations. Yeah, we're, that's what no, I thought yesterday. Dinner, yeah, yeah very we're making nice. reservations on Valentine's at those fancy restaurants and buying. That's a big one. That's, very that's very a big nice. one. I, Lori and I have just uh, did our love story in two hundred words or less. Really, that's mm-hmm. right. Lady fingers. Lady fingers. Stop. That's what the title is. Oh my god, I feel like I'm getting Bell's palsy. My cheek just went. Oh dear. Oh my gosh. (laughs) All right. So I have to tell you. So last night, you know, I go to bowling because couldn't bowl last week because we could not. I mean, it was a week ago. It was so much fun broadcasting down at that AC hotel. I that was that was a blast. So couldn't make it to bowling last week. And um so I went last night. We were bowling one of our favorite teams, but found out the saddest news that my so you know, I have kind of some like Older, quote unquote, boyfriends. We're at well the aware. Alley. And you have and them other places at the Monte Carlo. Yes, I believe you have one. Yes, Arnie Ribnick. Yeah, and, at Mancini's. And and one of my favorite bowling friends since I've been bowling at this bowling alley, which is like you know, fifteen years mm-hmm. as long as we've been on there, is uh, my buddy Jeff Delosier. And it, I, the first time I met him, the first year, I'm like, that is the most trim wasted man I've ever met. I mean, he had proportions and he's like, well, I have the same, I'm the exact same size as I was in high school. And mm. he was in his 70s then. Right. I remember you telling me about this fit man that you'd love to hug and oh, grass. I just, he's the sweetest guy. And we get, to, I get to bowling last night and he passed away on Monday. He'd had a reoccurrence of um, I think it was lymphoma, which yeah. he'd been fighting, and he got pneumonia, and he passed away. He was 84 years old, and he opened Jeff's Barbershop in Hopkins downtown during the JFK administration. Wow. And two years ago in February, the Star Tribune did a story about Jeff because 
he has been there, you know, for since 1963. And, you That's know, a long, a long time. time. And in 1970, there were 2,100 barbershops in Minnesota. And as of two years ago, there were 800. Sort of wow. the old style yes, barbershops, barbershops, barbershops that you need. And even in his chairs, you know, I mean, people went there. And one of my friends from bowling just, I mean, we were really choked up because I've been going to him since I was three years old. <gasps> and this guy is in his forties now, and he just—it's the kind of place. And he was just such a lovely man. And when he would release the ball, he was a pretty good bowler. His, his barbershop is full of uh, trophies. Trophies. But when he would release the ball, he would kind of be on one leg, and he would jump, 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 <laughs> jump back like a little leprechaun. And as he watched, watched, watched the watch, watch, watch the ball. see what it would happen. And uh, he was in the Marines, you know, he was in the Korean War, and he was inducted in the Winona High School Wrestling Hall of Fame. And he just was the most darling man. I just feel for uh, his younger brother um, is like, you know, also works at the barbershop. Mm-hmm. And feel bit, just bad for his family. His wife is, you know, they're married, I don't know, 60-some years oh. and stuff. So anyway, I, I bowled like crap. I only bowled one good game last night. and You said you cried the whole night. I just, I, I, yeah, you don't realize, like, when you do a team thing like bowling, which basically lasts... But you've From done September it for so to, long, Lori. Yeah, I know. And you just get used to seeing your buddies every week, and you always meet, you know, new friends. It's kind of always been a constant place. But, yeah, I just... Anyway, so uh, I tweeted a photo out last night of um, Jeff and I that I took, I think it was last um, spring, and uh, someone tweeted back and said, you two have the same haircut. <laughs> I'm like, gee, I've been told that about Lisa Vanderpump's husband. I got yep. that photo of me and, and Jiggy Ken. and Ken, and yep. we all have the same you flop did. of hair. Anyway, so just, just uh, you know, Jeff's Barbershop, I mean, his brother, uh, Rich, will w- will still be running it, but just really, my heart goes out to the Delozer family and everyone who knew Jeff and his barbershop in Hopkins, he was just a hell of a guy. That's sad. Yeah, I know it. Oh, he's I'm so sorry. cute. I'm going to really miss getting hugs from him. And you always did. I'd be He'd like, hug in. me tighter, Jeff. I know. <laughs> going tight. You know, you, I just remember you telling me a story. And he, he's so sweet, Julia. Look at this picture. And he has such a fit waist. He I has know such it. a trim waistline for a man of his age. I mean, you every know? other guy, how many guys can say they are the same oh. height <laughs> as, no. or and, and weight as high, high school? school. No. Casey, yeah. the man you're married to, my brother. Well, I suppose. So many people don't know that we're related. Did you yeah, know that? I don't. I, no, I Even just told someone the time? other day. And no way! No way! <laughs> it's your brother. No way! Did uh, you guys do anything exciting last night? What any was last television night? Television watching? Any uh, crockpot oh, cooking? I no. I I caught. A, I watched Fifty Shades, the middle one, because oh. I want to see the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched the middle one and? just to get it over with. It's exactly just like to the get book. it over with. It's, well, just go, so I had the reference, but it's exactly like the book. Yeah. And I don't know why I think Jamie Dornan's hot. There's something about him I just do. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Just do. 
and, and nothing. And I'm, you know, I'm shopping, you know, yeah. I'm just home remodeling crap. All right. Donnie, did you watch anything good last night? Just uh, caught up, uh, just Waco oh, last Waco. night. I'm and behind. I'll, I'll I watched that this morning. It yeah. was good. I think, I think Taylor Kitsch is, please don't overlook him come awards time. He's incredible. He's, he's, an, he's really he's doing a great job as David Koresh. It'll be him and Andrew uh, Cunanan played by uh, Chris. Chris. Darren Chris. Darren Chris. Because mm-hmm. uh, I watched the... What number? They're like on four on both of those, right? Yes. And the in the Waco is on Paramount because for some reason yeah, it didn't tape. Which is the old Spike TV. Right. So I have to go back to it because I loved that. Oh, yeah. And in the Versace, 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 Versace. Oh, last night was the episode that is in Minnesota. I guess next week's is too. But right. they open with a shot of Lake Calhoun, and it it is it was really good. But also the other thing that that uh, show is really getting right is the music. Oh, of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gloria, yeah. pump up the jam yeah, right. in yep. last week's episode when he was dancing to Easy Lover and when he had the guy duct taped up to the bed. Oh, don't give I it away. I didn't see that. Mm. He's, Sorry. He, is a, he was a sick. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Sick. Yeah. yeah. Twisted. And in the also, mind of watching psychopath. someone that sick is a little uncomfortable for me. It, it is, yeah. isn't it? It, it, it is. Yeah, yeah but I, it, they're doing such a great job. And also the other thing that they're really poignantly painting, and I think it must be deliberate on Ryan Murphy's part, was how out loud homophobia was. Back in the day. In the 80s, into the early 90s. And really, I don't think, you know, I I think it was when we finally, you know, marriage. And I mean, it's taken a long time for the slurs and disparagement and the uncomfortable Feelings that people had and they about gay people. Yeah, and they really they really portray that because Andrew Cunanan uses that fear about well, no one's gonna believe you about this because mm-hmm. you know, we're yeah. nothing but and they use the you know, yeah. the F word and stuff. But yeah, that show is just whoa. Really yeah. intense. Yeah, yeah. So next week's episode is also in Minnesota. It takes place okay. in Minnesota because remember he killed three two, people. Three here? I thought it was just two. Oh, I thought it was. Two. Oh, maybe it's, it's two. Just two here. Two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, two, then, two here, then one in Chicago, Chicago and then yeah. Versace. Yeah. So really, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of it is compelling, it but is it is compelling. it freaks me out a little bit because he's so good and so I'm seeing someone that's sick. Yeah. Being yeah, portrayed. Sure. All right, listen, when we come back, it's a story we can't get enough of. It starts tonight on NBC. Dun, we know Leslie dun, Jones dun, is dun, very dun, excited. Dun. Yes. Uh, when we come back, we've got that story. Ah, uh, that's right. The Olympics are starting. A magical uh, theme song of the Olympics playing. And uh, Donnie posted the hottest hunks today yeah. uh, for your viewing pleasure. Mm-hmm. And we've got a little... Recap from the Today Show that we'll listen to first for okay. this is Team USA, and then a um, couple of stories about some Minnesotans oh, that are yeah. competing. Absolutely, they're fast. Lindsey Vaughn in a class of her own. They're strong. Michaela Schifrin wins gold for the U.S. They're fearless. Whoa, Nelly, Sean White, and graceful. Chen's road to Pyeongchang has begun. Team USA has landed in South Korea looking to take care of business, the business of winning gold medals. At 242 athletes strong, Team USA is not only the largest delegation the U.S. has ever sent to a Winter Olympics, it's the largest for any nation ever. 
made up of 139 first-timers along with 39 returning Olympic medalists. It's also the most diverse team of athletes ever assembled to represent the United States. Rushing the field, and she is going! Leading the way for Team USA, the most decorated American alpine skier in history, Lindsey Vaughn, looking to add to her legendary career while returning gold medalist Michaela Schifrin is poised to break records, aiming for an unprecedented five golds on the slopes of Pyeongchang. Two-time gold medal winning snowboarder Sean White is looking to redeem himself in the halfpipe, along with 17-year-old first-time Olympian Chloe Kim, who's set to leave her mark on the sport. Nathan Chen is the overwhelming favorite to win gold in figure skating with his signature and unrivaled five-quad program. While the three members of the U.S. ladies team made up of Mirai Nagasu, Karen Chen, and newcomer Brady Tunnell look to take down a tough group of international competitors. This is Team USA. I'll add another name to that list, Jamie Anderson. She's the defending gold medal champion from Sochi in slope-style snowboarding. Guys, I mentioned Chloe Kim, 17 years old there in snowboarding. She would have qualified for Sochi, but she was only 13 years old. She was good enough to be there, but you can't compete in the Olympics until you're 15. Okay, wow. I have a couple things to tell you about mm -hmm. it, Lori and Donnie and anybody else who's just tuning in. Mm -hmm. Sochi, South Korea, is 14 hours ahead of us. 15, I think. It says 14 oh, on the report okay. I'm reading. Um, Wait, ahead you of called the, it Sochi. Oh, I'm sorry. South Korea, yeah. Pyeongchang, is Pyeongchang. 14. Of East Coast, Donna, you're right, 15 hours from Central Standard Time. So the competitions have already started today. Right. And opening ceremonies aren't even till tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. We have the biggest team the U.S. has ever had. Um, being representative, we have LGBTQ representation for the first time with the figure skater Adam Ripon. He's the first openly gay male to ever uh, compete and qualify for the Olympics. Um, it cost $13 billion for them to build everything to host um, the Olympics. They're going to freeze. That's an open air stadium. And it's well, like zero degrees. They said it's, it's the coldest, there, yeah. Yeah. brutally cold, but sh they talked to Sean White, the snowboarder. It's good for the skiers. It's great for the skiers because remember in Sochi, they had slushy, terrible yeah. snow. Yeah. Yeah. And remember the hotels weren't done and everything? Oh, yeah. I guess um, Sochi um, costs four times less. Oh, excuse me, four times more than the South Korea one cost That's this year. because of all the graft and grift they had to play to all the Russian <laughs> oligarchs. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's no, why that's that was going on. Um, I know uh, Jesse Diggins is a cross-country skier from Afton that is um, on the verge of an Olymp Olympic breakthrough. She was on the front page of the Star Tribune. Yep. And then in the January 29th People, there was a story about Marissa and Hannah Brandt Sisters at home and rivals on the ice. And um, Marissa had been adopted from South Korea when she was four months old. And um, so the two are getting their wish. They're headed to play hockey. Hannah for Team USA and Marissa for South Korea. Stop. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Pop. Oh, wow. It's all really surreal. This is happening. They grew up in Vadness Heights. They were inseparable. They were figure skaters. But when Hannah began playing hockey, Marissa soon joined her and both played at the University of, um, well, Hannah played at, at the University of Minnesota, Marissa at Gustavus, and Marissa was approached to play on the Korean team in 2015, and Hannah won her spot last year. And although the Korean hockey team is a long shot, shot at the games, Marissa has another motive for the trip, finding her birth mother. Oh, And wow. Hannah would like to help uh, Team USA win their first gold medal in two decades. So that was that's, kind of a cool that's, story in People that's way Magazine cool. about the Vadness Heights sisters. So anyway. It's going to be something, I think. An American speed skater, Shawnee Davis, is not happy no? uh, about uh, the opening, who's you know doing the flag bearer because... Um, who's going to carry the flag in the opening ceremony? Yeah, he won two gold medals um, and two silver medals. Um, over the course of his career, he's 35 years old. He became the first black athlete to win an individual gold at the winter in 2006. And he was one of eight Team USA candidates who was up for the honor of carrying the flag. And um, one, there were four votes for him and four votes for the luge athlete, Aaron Hamlin. And Aaron won via a coin toss. Well, what else are they supposed to do? Well, to break you the give tie? it to the person who's got yeah, the medals. That's my feeling on that. Oh, he's okay. won medals. He deserves to okay. carry the flag. Yeah. Um, he said. Uh, he's he, mad. He's coming back. Yeah. Oh. And it's Black History yeah. Month and he's won medals and he's 35. And it's like. I wh- get that. Yeah. And she should just let him carry it. Yeah, I don't know if Aaron is a guy or a gal. Aaron Hamlin, the luge. I have no idea if it's a guy well, it's, or a gal. Is it A-A-R-O-N? No, it's E-R-I-N. So it's probably a girl. She should just let him do it. Wow. So anyway, he made it be known on Twitter, and I am on Team Shawnee on that, because it's like, it's no-brainer. Give the person who's competed. and not going to be have another chance to come back, like you probably. Wow. Yeah, so... Anyway, yeah, well, there's that's a, just a little bit. And Leslie Jones is very excited. Willie Geist is over in. Natalie Morales is over there. So this is us star Sterling K. Brown, who is just on top of everything, winning Golden Globes, SAG Awards for This Is Us. And plays he plays w- Randall. Yeah, plays Randall. He also won last year for um, being in the um, O.J. Simpson uh, show series. He won awards. But now this year he is the voice of the Olympic movie. The, he's going to narrate the opening film for the 2018 Olympics. Ah. And the titled it's titled Always Start With The Dreams. It's a seven-minute film which plays tribute to the 2,800 athletes going head-to-head. And in the past, 
Other people who have done it is Peter Dinklage has done it in 2014. Um, Emily Blunt, Ewan McGregor. I'm surprised Morgan Freeman has never done it. James he- Earl Jones. Oh, there you go. Yeah, okay. I was saying, is he going to be the new voice? All right. So anyway, there's um, Ice Skating Tonight. When we it's come on back, NBC. we're going to talk movies with Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune. Thanks for hanging out with us. It is time to talk movies. Uh, while we're waiting for Chris Hewitt to join us, they were very excited over at GMA about uh, the big buzz for the Black Panther oh. Marvel movie, which is opening in a week from Friday, February 15th. So let's uh, let's just play a little of that audio about the Black Panther. It's expected to make up to $150 million opening weekend. And with one of the biggest budgets ever allotted for a superhero movie at $200 million and featuring a predominantly black cast, Marvel's Black Panther is breaking records as the fastest selling February film in Fandango history, surpassing Fifty Shades of Grey and Deadpool. And it's also on pace to become the biggest pre of all superhero movies. The highly anticipated film starring Chadwick Boseman and Lupita Nyong'o getting a score of 99% on Rotten Tomatoes following the world premiere in L.A. But will all the pre-sales and hype translate to actual box office success? The quality of the film and Marvel has proven that they have a formula and they have a recipe for success. All of their franchises, for the most part, have done very well, and I expect the same thing for Black Panther. The hashtag Black Panther Challenge adding to the pre-sale numbers, raising money so children of color can see the film for free. The challenge already raised more than $250,000. When you have a young child of color who sees someone with super abilities that looks like them, it expands their expectations of themselves of what they can be in the world. It broadens their horizons. There is a significance there, folks. Yes, it's a blockbuster. It's a big movie, superhero movie, but there's a cultural significance to this movie now. When little kids, little black kids can look up at the screen and not, they don't have to close their eyes and imagine themselves as a hero. They can see it, but it expands their horizons for the first time to see a black hero get this kind of treatment on the big screen. It's significant in a lot of ways. I'm so That's, excited for Chadwick Boseman and uh, the other guy, Michael Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Lupita's in it, yeah. and I mean, it's just it just looks so good. So uh, I don't know if Chris has had a chance to see that, um, but I, I'm I'm excited for that movie. I know. I, you know, I mean, it's just, it's... It looks, it, I mean, it's getting... It I got one bad review because it went to 99% yes, on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it did. Bad, yeah. You know, yeah. Donnie mentioned during the break that um, Fifty Shades, um, Free the New One. It's it's Fifty Shades Darker, is it Free, Donnie? Free, Fifty Shades Freed is yeah. the last one. Okay, so it it's getting um, 13% on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. but 80% of the people want to see. I went back and looked. I can't find the name of the second one, which Dark. I just watched last night. But I think the f- it's Dark. Fifty Shades Darker? darker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, the first one, Fifty Shades of Grey, was 25% of the critics liked it, and 41% of the people liked it. So it's gone down. Yeah. It's gone down. I mean, yeah, that movie... It is, it is what it is. Exactly. It is what it is. Um, like, you know, one person, one um, Seattle Times, Moira McDonald said their performance are so wooden yeah. and the chemistry is non-existent, particularly in the sex scenes. Um, but think of it as ultra deadpan entertainment and it kind of works. <laughs> The Los Angeles that, I like that. Yeah, the, the Los Angeles Times said if liberation is the end game of Fifty Shades Freed, most of the time we feel trapped alongside oh, of the characters. Oh, oh. Suffocating beauty 
and the stultifying dramatic inertia of the world <laughs> James has created. Oh, right now, right wow. Now. Oh, yeah. So uh, wow. But you can call this erotic encounter mostly vanilla. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, Chris Hewitt has just um, joined us and... Um, Oh my gosh, Chris! You got on the green line. You made it here. Whoopee! First of all, I did. You, it was a little late, though. I yeah. know. Have you recovered from everything Olympics? I mean, Super Bowl Fifty Two. I guess so. I didn't end up getting too involved. I did have credentials, but I think I was just sort of an as-needed type guy, yeah. and I wasn't needed. So well, that's yeah, good. Because oh, yeah. the people that were needed were writing and reporting their butts off. Yeah. Well, and it, as it happened, I was in the middle of a million other things. So. It was probably for the best. Yeah. Okay, Are you good. guys recovered? Yes, yeah, we, but it was we just so had fun. we just had fun stuff to mm-hmm. do. We just you know uh, had shows from downtown and did a couple. I parties. saw pictures. And yeah, it was yeah. just so it was fun. You know, it was really a fun, lively, extra special. You know, event. Time. Yeah. I can't wait to see the armory. I'm going to. Oh, who are you going to see? Jack White, which is a little ways away. But. Yeah. Well, the, uh, by all reports, people are loving the sound in there, what it looks like, the There's setup. There's gra- graphics that are way cool in there and everything. The pictures I yeah. saw were neato. Yeah. yeah. No, we talked to Paris. We Bennett. haven't heard neato. neato. I'm just sorry. Yeah, that's such a good it's like 70s groovy. word. I might neato. use boss at some point in this conversation, <laughs> too. I have, like, all of the lingo from, honestly, before I was born, but mm-hmm. oh, whatever. That, that's funny. We talked to Paris Bennett on oh, yeah. um, Monday about The Wiz, and are you as big of a fan as everyone else about how spectacular that show is? Mm, no. No? Why? <laughs> I'm shocked. The my singers. Spit out my- yeah, I, I am a big fan of the spectacular singers. The singers are just amazing. Yeah, but you know, to fit it into a two-hour time slot, CTC has had to chop it pretty significantly, and it feels to me kind of choppy. Uh, and I'm not sure it's a great show. I love those songs. Yeah, I guess it's hard to tell since it's been edited pretty heavily, yeah. but. It, it feels a little bit like, okay, here's a scene, now here's another scene, now here's another scene. And in each of those scenes, there's amazing singing, though. So yeah. I st- I yeah. totally would recommend it. It's a con- She's great. Her mom's great. T. Michael Rambo's great. It's like a who's who of Twin City singers, That's basically. That's kind of show. what uh, Rowan Preston yes. said, too. They said, you know, you can't decide is, is this a spectacular concert or play because it's just that good, the singing and the songs. Right. And it totally would work as a concert. Yeah. Uh, and the costumes are beautiful, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Matthew Lefevre, who does a lot of Penumbra work and teaches at the U, yeah. just did amazing, inventive work on the costumes. Yeah, that's cool. And then, um, so what do you think of the whole that Mr. Rogers is coming to the big screen? Because I know I saw in the paper today you reviewed the Heart of the Beast um, make-believe neighborhood. And who is going to be cast as Mr. Rogers again? Oh, I haven't heard this. Remember? Tom Hanks. Tom that's Hanks right, that, yeah. is going to be Mr. Rogers. Gosh. A movie about him. So, I guess I could see that totally. working. And he, you know, it's interesting. I interviewed Bart Buke, the guy who created this show for Heart of the Beast. And I was like, you know, we were talking about Mr. Rogers and how inspiring he is and his activism. He, like, had anti-war messages on his show before anybody. I didn't know He that. hired gay people before anybody. He was, like, totally ahead of the we curve. We were little kids at the time we were watching it. We would, I would, That would have all gone over our heads. And I was too old, so I never oh. even did watch it. Right. But, so I was saying, is there 
anything bad that people can say about, about Mr. Rogers just because I'm kind of curious because yeah. I've like never heard anything. Mm-hmm. And he's done all this research. And he said, well, there's like this one thing. And this is on the gay tip, actually. Does it have to do with Anita Bryant? I mean, no. if, I'm, if no. we're going way back. I'm just no, thinking. but probably that time period. Yeah. So he early on in the show, because he wanted to make a statement about how black people were portrayed in the media as villainous, he hired an actor who was black to play the cop in the neighborhood. And this actor came to him apparently for advice and said, so I'm gay and uh, I have a chance to marry a woman and it might make my life happier because it would be more in quotation marks normal. What should I do? And Mr. Rogers said, yeah, you should marry him. The world's not ready for that. Mm -hmm. And then like two years later, the guy who, by the way, is now a drag queen uh, (laughs) called, I think, diva man francois Mm -hmm. says to mr rogers okay the marriage didn't work i'm getting divorced and mr rogers said i feel terrible that was awful advice i never should have said that you need to make yourself happy so even like the supposedly bad story about mr rogers ends up being a really sweet good story about mr rogers good so there's nothing there's no dirt on mr rogers and i could totally see tom hanks the more i think oh totally he yeah he played remember he played walt disney well he would have to start when he's pretty established Yeah. yeah Yeah, he was. Yeah. And, you know, Tommy Hanks, I thought he was so great in The Post. Yeah, me too. Okay. Really let, great. Okay, I need that to know. That seemed like a segue. Oh. Yeah. Well. Was to it talking s- about movies. Yeah, it kind of was. <laughs> We're going back and forth. But is the play The Neighbors? Neighbors. It is beautiful. And it's at? Neighborhood. It's Heart at Heart of the Beast, Beast, which is at 15th and Lake in the Phillips neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really beautiful show. It has puppets, like small puppets, huge, bigger than life puppets. Uh, it uses Mr. Rogers' songs as covered by, like, Leslie Ball and Sylvan Esso and Andrew mm-hmm. Bird. Big names. Um, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. I liked it a lot. And All it's right. very inspiring. Like, you leave feeling like, I want to make the world a better place, too. And we need to feel inspired because there's so much scary stuff in the news if right. you let yourself really get roped into watching a lot of it. Which is another good reason to make that movie, too. We need Mr. Rogers more now than ever. Look for the helpers. Exactly. Look exactly. for the helpers. Look for the helpers. Um, okay, so just real quickly, because and then yeah. we're going to have to take a break. Was the commuter with Liam Neeson as bad as it looked? Or did it have a redeeming popcorn element to the I love it. Okay, good. It completely has a redeeming popcorn element, I think. Really? I love it. It's made, he made it with this director, Jaime, I don't know how to say his name, he's Spanish, Jaime Colette Serra. Who they've made like three movies. That was the January Jones one. What was that called? Abandoned or something like that. They all have these sort of forgettable titles, but they're all like breakneck, race against the clock thrillers. And I think all three of them are good. And I think the commuter might be the best, actually. It has this really clever premise. The guy gets on a commuter train, and this woman, played by Vera Marfamiga, how can you not love her? She's great. Comes up to him and basically says, You got to kill a person or I'm going to kill your whole family. And you've got whatever, half an hour to decide whether or not you're going to do it. And so it's like, Basically in real time and do it's Do we exciting see his thumbs and, working a phone or is there any, do we see any, you know, he's got the most amazing thumbs, he, Liam Neeson. I never noticed his thumbs. Oh my thumbs. gosh. Oh, stop it. Lori's alluding to something here. Well, I, I mean, know I know what she's alluding to and that's legendary. That's well, legendary. I know it, but I'm just thinking this is what she's talking about. Janice Dickinson likened it to an Evian bottle. I know, but we're one. talking about the thumbs. I know. 
Well, he does the, talk on the phone in the movie, so there could be some thumb And the action. commuter is still in the is movie theater. Is there a word theater. for a thumb fetish? I know. Um, a thumbs there up. should be. Thumbs um, up. There's a signal. Um, Lori, just just because we were just talking about Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. what they're how they're placing Fifty Shades Darker, the new one. And on the commuter, this is an example where you loved it. They just gave it a 58. So you really have to go by your own senses and watch what you want to watch. Yeah. I mean, the people who are rating on Rotten Tomatoes don't even have to see the movie to rate it. So. Yeah. I mean, I always look for specific, like, I'll look for critics because if it's just a bunch of. Who you agree with? Or well, I'll respect. look at what they is don't LA Times or it? Rolling Stone or Star Tribune yeah. or, you know, AP. I want to see what the legitimate movie critics are saying. Yeah. And you're a legitimate movie critic. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Phantom Thread, Winchester. You saw that. I, Tanya, and the post with Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune. All right, everybody, that's a little Eminem featuring Ed Sheeran called River. Great song. I love to see Eminem yeah. being played on My Talk 1071. That's so good. We're with <laughs> that Chris, is awesome. We're with Chris Hewitt. We're talking uh, movies. You said you love The Commuter with Liam Neeson, great popcorn flick. Talk to us about Winchester. That opened last week with uh, Helen Mirren, and I'm kind of we've been kind of fascinated we with that whole been. story. Well, I know. It's one of those things. I, I guess I'm a little unclear on how much of it is a true story and how much of it is not. It's the, you know, she's the heiress to the, the widow of the guy who invented the Winchester rifle and made his money that way. And she inherits his house and it turns out to be haunted. And I don't know how much of that is true or true-ish or not, mm-hmm. but the movie is not very good. Oh, it's really? not scary for one thing. And... It just, it doesn't even convince you that the story it's trying to tell is true within its own little world. I don't exactly know what the problem is, because she's actually, I think, quite good. I mean, when isn't she? Yeah. But the movie's problematic, unfortunately. Yeah, it only has 11% from the critics on Rotten Tomato, and the audience only liked it 41%. And it's one of those movies where, like, oh... There's a Helen Mirren movie opening today. Like, there was no advance. Yeah, there it was just no popped up. No, okay. Well, maybe they knew when they screened it, it was not. I don't think they did screen it in advance. Yeah, and so, so. let's open it Super Bowl weekend, and we don't really care. Maybe we'll make it up on the DVD. And, and there's uh, a lot of stories out, out now what the movie got wrong about the true story oh, okay, of so Sarah that. Winchester. Okay. You know, that sort of thing. I talk, talk to us about The Post. I think Donnie and I have seen, seen yes, that seen movie, it. and I just thought it was terrific and it's up for an academy award although not as many as people thought it would be no just just best picture and meryl streep Mm -hmm. i think is it not spielberg um i liked it too you know now that i'm thinking about the movie when you said that the thing that pops into my head is that caftan oh you cannot get that caftan out of your mind. Well, ladies of a certain station in life really did love their caftans in the 70s, and I'd love to see them come back. Lori and I Would have you? been trying. Oh, we love it. I love, I buy. With a turban. I love a turban <laughs> caftan. I mean, <laughs> oh, Barbara like Streisand and Funny yeah. Lady. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. But it I made love- me, you know, I mean, it's interesting because that's a story about the basically how there were five U.S. presidents complicit and just keep continuing to send um, troops to a war that they knew wasn't winnable from the late 50s and that, you know, 58,000 some people died in that mm-hmm. war and every president knew it was unwinnable. But they kept doing it? That they kept it a secret from the American public and the two papers, the New York Times and Washington Post, doing the investigative reporting, which is what's happening today. 
those are the two papers of record that are doing the investigative good reporting. Well, and one thing that's interesting about the movie, I think, is how suspenseful it is, despite the fact that you know, know. You know the outcome. You know, they are going to publish the papers. The war is going to end. Yeah, but it is very suspenseful. It is. And then there's the little sort of tantalizing hint at the end of the movie of Watergate, where we see it beginning to happen long before the Washington Post would break it. But I think the idea is meant to be they learned kind of how to do this. Woodward and Bernstein aren't even in the movie, but they learned this sort of reporting technique with the Pentagon Papers that ended up. Yeah. It, it just was, and it also made me really want to read Catherine Graham's biography or autobiography. I don't know if she wrote and it. She or was, it's an autobiography. She was the, heir, the daughter or the... She was the publisher of the paper. Yeah. She's, it, her dad had been the publisher, and then, I mean, one of the things in the movie is her dad left it to her husband, husband. Of course. instead of to her. It's the times, yeah. And then her husband commits suicide, and she sort of, by default, assumes the, the control of the paper. Mm. I want to read it, too. You know, when it came out, I kind of wanted to read it, but I was a little intimidated by length. I think it's like seven or 800 pages. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But I'm going to do it. Yeah, I, you're, she's a fascinating mm-hmm. woman, and it's so tragic that her son, Just, who we see a little bit in the beginning of the movie, he takes his life like Just a couple days after Christmas this year. Yeah, last year. I, oh, I forgot. Yes. About he was that like piece sixty-seven yes. and maybe about the same age as his dad, and you know, hereditary depression, depression sure. something like that. But it makes you want to know about the woman that Meryl Streep, and she's fantastic in it. Yeah, oh, too. she's amazing. Well, do and you th- rocks that calf dance? Yeah. Okay, so so lead actresses, you know, if we're talking a little bit about Oscars, because uh-huh. Meryl Streep is nominated. And the one that's been winning lately was Frances McDormand for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Who do you think would win that? I mean, I would say still Frances McDormand, but I have been hearing there's this, like, whisper campaign against Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So that, I suppose, could have an impact, probably more on its chances as a Best Picture contender than on Mm -hmm. her chances as a Best Actress. What do you think will win as Best Picture, then? Shape of Water. I'm sort of thinking it's Shape of Water. Did you, love, you guys think? Did you love Shape? We haven't seen it. Oh, it's really good. I don't know if to me it feels like a best picture. I mean, it's sort of a, I mean, I shouldn't say that. There is no prototypical best picture, but it feels a little bit slight to me. Uh-huh. Um, what do you but think? But yeah, I think it's a movie that I can't imagine anybody hating. Yeah. Okay. All right. Talk to us about Phantom Thread, because that... That like, I can imagine people hating. You can, although I love it. Okay, I love tell it. us because this is Daniel Day Lewis. It's I've nominated seen, for best picture. I've seen the trailers for it, and it looks broody. It is broody. Okay, and I can imagine some people going to it. In fact, somebody I talked to at work went to it and said, "Um, nothing happens." Yeah, and I feel like it's one of those movies where there's a lot of stuff happening between the lines and sort of on the edges, and you kind of have to piece it together, and particularly. I mean, uh, I don't think it's giving away too much to say it's way more perverse than it looks mm-hmm. in the commercials. And then you would guess sort of a British costume drama is going to be. But I think it, there are interesting hints about where it eventually goes throughout that, to me, felt like something happening. But you could definitely say it's sort of an uneventful movie. It it's is. beautiful. The costumes, uh, these 50s gowns that are created by the character played by Daniel Day-Lewis, mm-hmm. who's nominated for Best yes, Actor, is. are stunning. Yeah. Would you be shocked if he got Best Actor? Uh, kind of. I don't think he's going to win again. 
And yeah. it's a pretty strong field. I mean, it seems like it's going to be Gary Oldman or how how have we decided to pronounce Timothy Chalamet? Chalamet. I think that's it. There, Timothy isn't going to win. He's no. too young. He's 17. But I want Gary Oldman if he I want somebody to ask no him. One more. No one asked him about asked. his abuse for, for his. Yeah, he has some problems. He's they got seem big problems, like they're going to come out. But why doesn't anyone but ever ask? No one has asked him anything. Well, well the voting him. hasn't hit. I mean, if somebody's going to amount a like reverse campaign against him, it would probably be within the next couple of weeks because that's when the voting starts to really happen. Okay. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. And how about I, Tanya? Were you were you a fan of that movie? I am still trying to decide about it. Did you see it? <laughs> I, I haven't it. seen it yet. Yeah. Julia said. Okay. Here. Twenty minutes too long. It is too long. Say that about every movie. But this is true. Didn't you just hear I think him it's say? True in this case, uh, okay. Twenty minutes too long. Okay. And I feel like it's mean spirited. The characters are such easy targets. They're uneducated and they're poor and they have been abused all their lives. I just feel bad about laughing at them. Well, I I don't know that you laugh at. They're. I felt empathy for Tanya. And she's maybe the one I feel the least empathy for because know, she did know about the I know, plot before I know, they hit I know, so I know. So interesting. You know your ice skating I know stuff, my ice skating. I know you do. But the Allison Janney performance alone oh my gosh. is worth it to it's see. Amazing. She's just spectacular. She is. All right, Chris, you, we know you'll be watching the Olympics tonight because figure skating's on. Are we right? All right, listen, thank you so much. Follow Chris at Chris H Movies is his Twitter handle. Thank you. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.